It's April 19th, about a month after Texas declared a statewide disaster in response to COVID-19. Texas is quiet. Quiet at the beaches. Quiet in small towns. Quiet in the big towns. But in Austin... frustration mounting at the state capitol today. You know, I'm sick of being told if I go outside and gather in a group of 10 or more that I'm going to kill somebody or get killed or get sick. So the very next day, inside the capitol, Texas Governor Greg Abbott addresses the state. We've shown that we can both continue our efforts to contain the coronavirus while also adopting safe standards that will allow us to begin the process of reopening business in Texas. Soon after that announcement, phase one of the governor's plan to reopen Texas kicked off. And every two weeks after that, a new phase began. At the same time, the number of positive coronavirus cases in Texas steadily ticked upward. On May 1st, the beaches opened. I figure with some restrictions getting lifted, you know, it's pretty safe, probably. I don't think the governor would tell us, I don't think he would lift some of the restrictions if it was still as bad as everybody thought it was in the beginning. Texas had nearly 30,000 positive cases at that time. But for some, it was still not enough. Open Texas protests kept happening around the state. Hundreds participated in what they called a set Texas free protest on May 9th. No masks, no distancing, lots of hugging. By Memorial Day weekend, the number of cases was more than 50,000, and Texas kept reopening. Today, people in Texas can expect more businesses to open under phase two of the governor's order. Uh, reservations are looking good for tonight, tomorrow, and on Sunday so far. I've been almost surprised how comfortable people are coming in. They're then, the in death of George Floyd and protests erupted around the state. Nearly 60,000 gathered in Houston. This past weekend saw record numbers of new cases, and those numbers are not just due to the increase in testing, because the number of hospitalizations for COVID-19, that's going up too. And now, amusement parks and carnivals are opening to the public, which begs the question, did Texas reopen too soon? From Texas Public Radio, this is Petri Dish. I'm Bonnie Petrie, and today, we'll try to answer that question. Early on a Saturday morning, well-to-do tourists fly their tiny prop planes into the Gillespie County Airport. They park their planes, walk from the runway, directly into the parking lot, and head toward the boutique shops, gourmet restaurants, and high-end wineries closer to downtown. Welcome to Fredericksburg, nestled in the heart of the Texas Hill Country, an hour north of San Antonio. Tourists from big cities like Dallas and Houston come here to get away from the hustle and bustle of city life and, nowadays, the fear of COVID-19. There's a lot of disconnect over COVID-19. 
Eric Lindbergh from Dallas noticed a difference in the way people here think about COVID-19 compared to people in the cities. There's a lot of people living with total tragedy in their face. And there's a lot of people in the United States that are living in places where they there's nobody that's affected by it whatsoever. Fredericksburg has had about 10 confirmed cases, all recovered, but many visitors come from COVID hotspots, and that worries locals like peach vendor Randy Peel. They can bring it with them. That's something everybody's worried about. In Texas communities that haven't borne the brunt of the virus, some people feel like now is the right time to relax social distancing and, you know, get back to normal. And lawmakers have put that sentiment into action. We welcome Lieutenant Governor of Texas Dan Patrick onto this program. He took it very Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick made his priorities clear in an interview with Tucker Carlson of Fox News back at the start of this whole thing. And we're crushing the, the average worker. We're crushing small business. We're crushing the markets. We're crushing this country. And what I said when I was with you that night, there are more important things than living. And that's Saving this country. Governor Greg Abbott has repeatedly acknowledged the seriousness of the disease and said that the state needs to reopen safely. But in leaked audio obtained by the Quorum Report, a nonpartisan newsletter on Texas politics, Abbott told a group of lawmakers something a bit different. That, uh, whenever you have a reopening, whether you want to call it a reopening of business or just a reopening of society, uh, in the aftermath of something like this, that, that actually will uh, lead to an increase in spreads. It's almost ipso facto. Uh, the more that you have people out there, uh, the greater the possibility there is for transmission. Abbott again said there are effective strategies to help mitigate the spread, but that it's impossible to get COVID-19 cases to zero. He said that is not the goal. Instead, he mentioned a key indicator to watch. The, uh, the main thing that we look for, and, and, and this is the, the, the primary number uh, that I've seen doctors and, and epidemiologists use, uh, is that what we want to see is a, uh, a reduction in the percentage of people who test positive. Okay, so Abbott wants to see a reduction in the percentage of positive tests. That's the mark of success, he says. Well, over the past month, we've seen an increase in that percentage. In metro areas, the increase is stark. The greater Houston area has seen a tripling of the rate from 3% this time last month to about 10 now. I would say here in Houston at the Texas Medical Center, which is the largest medical center in the country, there's no question about it. Trends are going up. Matt Harab is a reporter for Houston Public Media. He said there's been a steady rise in Houston of the number of hospitalizations for COVID-19, not just the trend in how many people test positive. Now, that number can be influenced by the amount of testing. The number of people in the hospital is what really concerns public health experts. And specifically, it's the demographics of the people are younger. And one of the things that our health department leader projected was this is due to the phased reopenings. You had Memorial Day celebrations. You had bars opening back up restaurants. Right. So the crowds at bars and restaurants, they tend to include a lot of young people. So if more of them are in the hospital, 
That's a sign reopening is accelerating the spread of the virus. I spoke last week with the director of the Houston Health Department, uh, Dr. David Peirce, and I asked him last week before things started to really be reported, what's your concern level right now out of 10? I'll say I'm at an eight. If we don't have a second wave, I will be very happily surprised. But I'll be surprised. You know, I've got to be Dr. Downer to some degree. That's part of my job is to think worst case scenario, right? I don't, I wish these numbers were flatter than they are. So to answer your question, the spike could occur anytime. That was two weeks ago now, and Dr. Purse's prediction is starting to feel a little bit prophetic. In Dallas, the story is similar. Dallas has had kind of a crazy week this week, specifically last week when I think it was like six days in a row or something like that. We've steadily seen an increase in the number of COVID cases as well as hospitalizations. Becca Moore is a reporter at KERA in Dallas. She talked to a researcher, David Rubin, who uses a model to predict how the virus will spread. Like Dr. Peirce, he saw this spike in cases coming. For weeks now, we've been saying that the ele- our models are showing elevated risk and we're watching numbers increase and they have not, you know, there was a brief period in May, it looked like things were stabilizing in Dallas, but now they're heading north again. And so that is definitely something concerning, but it's also something that the model predicted would happen as Texas begins reopening so quickly. San Antonio on Tuesday this week announced a spike in new cases too, the most dramatic increase since the pandemic started. The number of hospitalizations here more than doubled last week. And as reopening continues, David Rubin's model forecasts a steady climb in the number of cases all over Texas, an upward curve, if you will. So anyway, you look at the numbers, reopening has not gone the way any of us hoped it would go. So what went wrong? Now, the action I'm taking today may be pushing the legal bounds a little bit, but our attorneys believe we can defend this order in court. So that's Bear County Judge Nelson Wolf earlier this week. He's announcing an order that all businesses in his county require masks, seemingly defying Governor Abbott, who said cities could not enforce mask wearing. Now, this has been a common complaint from local governments during this reopening process. They were not allowed to opt in to more stringent guidelines that might be useful in their individual communities. Now, Abbott seemed to acquiesce to Judge Wolf's maneuver, saying that, in fact, he anticipated it all along. That's what was authorized in my plan. That's what the uh, Bear County judge has now realized. Uh, And so what Bear County is doing and what every county is authorized to do, uh, and that is to uh, impose requirements on business operations. Other cities and counties around the state have since followed Judge Wolf's lead expressing their interest in stricter safety practices. But in the absence of those standards for the duration of the reopening, businesses have been taking cues straight from the governor. Man, I'm rusty. Hey, Liz, how are you, Terry? Hey, Susie. Ernesto Torres owns a small bar in San Antonio, This is a Facebook live stream he did five weeks ago in May, just before he reopened after the shutdown. We're not open yet, but we're just turning on the lights. Uh, So everybody knows, probably by next week, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to open. 
and you can hear how excited he is at the prospect of opening back up. If I could have everybody in here right now, I would. You know that. You know Jesse? Just waiting, man. Just waiting for them to tell us so we can open again. So this was two weeks after the governor lifted the stay-at-home order in Texas, and a lot of people shared Ernesto's optimism. We were hopeful that uh, all this uh, virus uh, was behind us. Yeah, everyone was pretty hopeful. So Ernesto opened up his bar as soon as he was allowed to on the Friday before Memorial Day weekend. Now, he said he followed all of the governor's recommendations for a safe reopening. Well, that was about three weeks ago. There were some stipulations on reopening. Of course, we were at 25 percent capacity. Employees had to wear face masks, you know. Most customers did wear masks for the first week or so. But as the days went by, people, as people do, got a little bit more lax with their safety measures. Face masks were encouraged, but they were not required, at least for for patrons. Same thing with dancing, you know, dancing, uh, according to the, the governor, Dancing would discourage, but not prohibit it. The governor's order initially allowed bars like Ernesto's to operate at 25% capacity and later at 50%. Customers couldn't sit at the bar, they had to sit at tables, and they couldn't be in groups of more than six. After the first week, it was a false sense, I guess, of, of security, you know, that things are okay. So people relaxed, including myself. As the San Antonio bar scene came back to life, Ernesto says social distancing, well, it fell by the wayside. By last week, he said people just weren't as afraid. And this is, yeah, this is when things went south. I received a call from another bar owner saying that uh, some of his employees tested positive and those employees frequent my bar. Last Friday, Ernesto posted on his bar's Facebook page. He announced he was closing the bar down again just to be safe. The next day, he also said, if you've been to the bar recently, you should go get tested for the coronavirus. So I went to test myself on on Saturday and I, I tested positive. Several customers have called me and said that they went to test themselves, and they are also positive. Facebook is lit up right now with people saying, I'm positive, I'm positive, I'm positive. Ernesto knows now what he wishes he knew three weeks ago. Those social distancing guidelines, they didn't work. The virus, it, it swept right into his bar. Now, one reason this may have happened to Ernesto is the Texas economy did not reopen as carefully as many economists recommended. Not at all. You open up and then you wait to see a stabilization in the number of cases and hopefully a decline in the number of cases or deaths. Vivian Ho is a health economist at Rice University in Houston. That is how a reopening is supposed to work, she says. You open up a little bit, 
you check the statistics, and if you're doing okay, well, then you open up just a little bit more. And what we've been doing is every week or every other week, we just keep opening up more and more and, and we're ignoring the statistics. We, we see hospitalizations going up. We see the number of cases going up. Businesses like Ernesto's were kind of the test pilots for this reopening. And he's not the only local bar owner who's had to close down for a second time. San Antonio Facebook groups have been circulating a list of two dozen bars and restaurants at which patrons and employees were supposedly exposed to the virus. My biggest concern out of this is we cannot be the only ones. I don't believe we're an isolated incident. It's going to get out of control. I know that the economy is important. I understand that I'm a small business owner. We need to shut the bars down. There's a lot of bars out there right now. They're open and they're over 100% occupancy right now. And I know that because I know the owners and I know, you know, and I know they need the money as well. Yeah, he feels awful now, not just physically, but because his friends and his employees are getting sick too. And he's looking back and he's thinking, of course this happened. If I could, <laughs> I guess, redo things over again, those guidelines, I'm sorry to, to the government, but they're flawed completely. There's no way that those guidelines are going to be uh, sufficient to keep people from, from getting infected. There's no way. Of course this happened. A lot of people predicted it. You've heard some in the show so far. And not because they have any special abilities, but because they have a knowledge of history. During the 1918 flu pandemic, San Antonio shut down much like it did this year. I started school, and just a few days, I, I hadn't gone to school, but a few days, they had a, a flu epidemic in San Antonio, and they turned the schools out. That was during World War I in 1918. Louis Edward Mabry moved to San Antonio in October 1918. He was 11 years old. Less than a month after shutting down, the city declared the pandemic over. And then uh, school started again. Mabry's story of his life in Texas in the early 1900s is archived at the Baylor Institute of Oral History. And in November 1918, with people back out and about, going to churches and going to shows and basically doing their thing, kind of like now, what happened? The flu came roaring back. Mabry's time at school that year was short. He went on for a couple of weeks and they turned out again. We didn't get much schooling before Christmas. In early December, San Antonio started shutting things back down. And on December 9th, everything closed. Again. And then, when it was safe to reopen for good, not all of those businesses did. In some cases, the financial losses during the shutdown had been too much. But in others, the owners of those businesses were dead. So here we are, more than 100 years later, knowing San Antonio opened too soon back then, and the city paid for it in lives lost. More than 800 people died in just a few months. Entire families died. And now, in 2020, it's Eric Epley's job to make sure that doesn't happen again. 
He coordinates the emergency rooms and the first responders for a portion of Texas the size of West Virginia with San Antonio at its heart. And he's concerned by this spike in COVID hospital admissions. There's still plenty of capacity in the healthcare systems, but the rate is concerning, right? To see a jump from, you know, going up two or three, two or four here and there, and then to jump to 15 or 20 per day and now to 26 per day is just stunning. Did Texas reopen too soon? Did it open too quickly? Epley won't say. It's his job to prepare for whatever comes. But he does say we could exceed our hospital capacity fairly quickly if numbers keep rising at this rate, this rate he calls stunning. And we all know what that means when we exceed hospital capacity. Fewer people get care and more people die. Epley says he understands those who want this pandemic to just be over. And so they're acting like it's over, but it's just not. I don't like it. I'd like to be able to go to football games and do stuff. And I'd like to be able to go to the grocery store and not wear a mask or go see some of my friends. But that's just not where we're at. And so we're going to have to buckle down and power through and we'll be fine if we can just do the right things. Epley says the right things include wearing a mask, keeping up with that six feet physical distancing and say it with me now, washing your hands. Four months after we started taking this virus seriously, the solutions are the same as they've always been. So the other day I heard El Paso's mayor, D. Margot, say something that really kind of summed up our current situation in Texas, for me anyway. She said, we're trying to balance our physical health with our financial health with the extra challenge of trying to balance our mental health. And that's really what we're doing, isn't it? We don't want to get sick. We don't want to die. We don't want to lose our jobs and our cars and our homes and our businesses. Carrying all that concern around on our shoulders hurts. It's hard. It's heavy. It, it can make you feel desperate and make you do desperate things, like go out too soon and unprotected when there is a deadly virus stalking all of us. Here's some numbers for you. The Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation at the University of Washington projects that COVID-19 deaths nationwide will rise to 200,000 by October. We're already well past 100,000. Do you know how many Americans died during that 1918 flu pandemic we were just talking about? Around 675,000. That was over three waves of flu in two years. We're nearing 120,000 dead in the United States, and we're not even out of the first wave yet. Our first confirmed COVID death was in February, so all of these people have died in four months. This did not have to happen, and 200,000 people do not have to die by October. If governments aren't going to offer clear guidance on this, it's on us, right? But we could do this. Wear a mask if you're out. Just do it, okay? Keep your distance six feet. Avoid unnecessary interactions. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. You know the drill. And I get that this is frustrating. I'm a person too, with a family and a life that I'd like to live, and this doesn't feel like living. I get it. 
But you know what else doesn't feel like living? Dying. Alone. Without anyone you love to hold your hand. Listen, this pandemic will end. But it won't end just because we've decided it's over. We can't cancel a pandemic like we cancel a celebrity who says something we don't like. That's just not how viruses work, no matter how much we wish they did. I know we all want our lives back. This is how we get them back. Follow those guidelines. Wear those masks. It's going to take some time. But yes, this pandemic will end. Thank you for listening to this episode of Petri Dish with special thanks this week to reporters Matt Harab with Houston Public Media, Becca Moore with KERA. This episode was produced by Ben Henry, Dominic Anthony Walsh, and Michael Trevino. Our executive producer is Fernanda Camarena. Our sound design is done by Jacob Rosati. And our news director is Dan Katz. This podcast is a production of Texas Public Radio. Talk to you soon.